0: Hey everyone, welcome to the podcast. It's been a minute since we've been on here. We've been busy with webinars and trainings, but today I wanted to introduce you to Jasmine Bright from Bright Management and Consulting Services. I've had the pleasure of meeting her recently and when we connected I thought, I have to share her with everybody. So welcome Jasmine. Thank you, Kelly. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Jasmine, um, I found out about her through doing some nonprofit consulting. Um, One of our boot campers actually uh, formed a nonprofit through Jasmine Services. And especially with everything that's going on in the world today, I feel like there's a lot more talk about starting the nonprofit. So Jasmine, I'm really excited to... uh, Share your knowledge and um, help other people kind of understand. As a for profit coach, for example, that's usually where my focus is. I coach a few nonprofits, but primarily it's for profit. But you do all nonprofit, right?
1: Yes, I do mostly nonprofit organizations. I do have a few small businesses, but nonprofit is my niche. That's what I love to do. How did you get into it? I got into nonprofit um, management about 11 years ago. I started working for um, a, a local nonprofit organization and I quickly ro- rose in the ranks and um, that kind of filled my passion for nonprofit management. And within that time, or um, well, a little after that time, I began just doing some pro bono consulting really. Um, just off of a whim, people would ask me questions about consulting, um, well, about starting a nonprofit, so I would give them the answers. I never really thought about making it a career at that time. <laughs> um, about two years ago, um, I was getting out of a job. Um, I was pregnant, actually, and really sick, and I needed another full stream of income um, because I was had to stop working at my job, and I said, you know what? I'm gonna try this thing. Um, And so I spoke to someone I knew that was starting a business and she was like, I'd love to have you as my consultant. Um, What can you help me with? I ended up helping her with a business and a nonprofit um, Mm -hmm. during that time. Mm -hmm. But um, that, that kind of just really, let me know that this is where I was supposed to be. The nonprofit um, consulting thing was what I was supposed to be doing. I, mm-hmm. What made me really want to get started, um, other than the fact um, money and people were asking me questions, um, mm-hmm. was I was tired of working for nonprofit organizations who lost sight of their mission. Mm-hmm. And I know that is a big issue for most people uh, while working for a nonprofit organizations. Nonprofits had the highest rate of turnover out of any really? business.
0: That's not surprising to me having worked in nonprofits before. Yeah, it just, it's crazy um, how people, people
1: have had some really terrible experiences with nonprofit organizations. Um, and it gives nonprofit organizations a bad rap when, in all actuality, all businesses operate. Pretty much the same. Mm-hmm. Nonprofits just get a bad rap normally because in a lo- within a lot of nonprofit organizations, you're making maybe less money. So when people leave a nonprofit, they're more likely to speak out negatively oh. against the organization than if they left, you know, a private business or organization, a public business organization that um, allowed them, you know, that paid them a good amount of money, and they they're not gonna give so much backlash that way. Yeah. Um I actually had never experienced the nonprofit organization not paying um, their employees until I was almost, I think eight years into working for nonprofit organizations. And um, and I, that is one of the biggest um, issues that I know for a fact people, don't want to get into nonprofit management because of, or people don't want to work for nonprofits because they say, well, nonprofits don't pay you. And um, like I said, it took me eight years to get to that point of even experiencing that most nonprofits are run well or run just like any other business you would work for. Um, The difference is they have to have a mission and nonprofit organizations by law, a nonprofit organization in order to be a charitable organization needs to be educational, it needs to be scientific, it needs to be um, literary or um, Just any other thing that can be charitable. Um, That's why you have the cancer organizations. Right. Anything that you can do research for is also really good um, to start a nonprofit organization. Um, You really can start a nonprofit with, out of any business, um, it's all in how you write it up. There's no difference in the governance of nonprofit and for-profit. There's no difference in the operation of nonprofit. Right, operations. I'm sorry, there's a difference in the governance um, of the organization and the filing of the paperwork. Yeah.
0: well, one of the things is I think well, I reached out to you because I find that sometimes therapists, for example, we go into private practice, and I do believe, and i we teach this in boot camp that you can um, be profitable and still improve access, but there are certain points of access for people you you know you want to make therapy accessible or any other kind of like testing service and that sort of thing accessible. And you do need a nonprofit model really to create the level of accessibility you may want to offer. There comes a point in a for-profit where you cannot be profitable, for example, and charge $5 a session unless you have some other service that is can supplement that, for example. So more and more, I think therapists are establishing, hey, I have my private practice, but then I have this nonprofit that increases the access, the accessibility of the mental health services. And there's just, there's a desire to serve. There's a desire to especially um, serve oppressed groups or groups that um, are often underserved. But the way to go about that, it seems like, is the nonprofit route. So I was wondering about what reasons you see people, I know you've worked in some mental health as well, what are some reasons people should consider a nonprofit?
1: I would consider a nonprofit if you are indeed a therapist um, or a business owner in general who are, who who wants to provide a service at a discounted rate mm-hmm. um, or... You have your service, the service that you provide has um, a larger mission, meaning vision behind it. Not, I'm a therapist, I'm just gonna have a private practice for the next 30 years and retire. Um, It could be, I'm a therapist, I wanna have this private practice, but I want to start a program for youth along Mm -hmm. with this private practice, or I would like to offer discounted services, so I would like grant funding or, some kind of funding to help provide these discounted services to these um to my to my clients
0: right those would be the
1: best reasons Yes.
0: so i think that what you just said there i want to highlight about the whole grant funding piece because what is happening is and people in private practice they have maybe a sliding scale or they want to do this lower cost, but it's the therapist that's actually supplementing They're about, they're taking um, a major hit. And while I have no problem with giving back, or I encourage that, I think that should be part of any business model of giving back, but it's when it's to the detriment of the therapist, when they're not able to pay their bills, when they are suffering and struggling and it increases their own burnout. So what a nonprofit does is it allows the money to be supplemented by grants so that it's not that the therapist is suffering, it's actually taking money that's been out there um, for the purpose of what they want to do, you know. So I think that it's a, it's a beautiful thing to think about in terms of where you get support. And in a for-profit business, it looks different than a nonprofit. And that grant writing is a huge piece of this, isn't it? Yes, it is. Grant
1: writing is a huge piece of it, but it's not the only piece of it. Mm -hmm. When it comes to funding a nonprofit organization, grants are only about 10% of an organization's um, finance uh, contributions received. A lot of fundraising comes from a lot, well, the majority of fundraising, honestly, and a lot of people don't know this, comes from bequests. Very large organizations who are making a million or more not large nonprofit organizations do what is called bequest, and that is um, essentially kind of like plant giving, where you say, hey, um, I know I'm going to pass away one day. I'm going to have Money to give, you know, left them up from my insurance policy or wherever you have money left from. So I'm going to donate to this organization.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, that is a steady source of income for organizations. And while it may seem a little weird, you're saying, well, you're kind of betting on someone to die here. Um, mm-hmm. But yes. it's like when you think about it, if you have 25 bequest donors signed up for your organization, No telling when they're all gonna pass away, you know. However, that's it's like having a safety net Hmm. because it's yours regardless. Mm -hmm. Um, So that's actually where the largest amount of funding comes from for nonprofit organizations. So, um, grant funding is about 10%. You have individual donors and uh, major gifts who are majority. Of um, the money for most nonprofit organizations mm-hmm. and um, tax revenue, government funding, providing services. So, if a therapist wanted to start a nonprofit organization, the service of therapy can you can charge for that at a discounted rate and supplement that discount with the money you receive from your fundraising. On mm-hmm. um, no problem, or you could charge your regular rates, put it under a fundraising, you know, put it under fundraising and start a whole nother program, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. or something like that. But
0: Hey, it's Kelly. Are you enjoying today's episode? There is so much more to starting your private practice. That's why we created Business School for Therapists. It's our lifetime access business building program created especially for you and all the future stages of practice that you are going to go through. If you're ready to join a community that supports you, that to have access to a massive library of private practice trainings covering everything from creating your vision, to setting your fee, to getting you legally covered, and more, this is for you. Simply go to bit.ly slash therapistbusinessschool to get started.
1: Providing a service is another way to receive funding. and I believe that's it. We have the government funding, tax revenue, memberships. Mm-hmm. Oh, memberships. That was the last one. If your nonprofit has some sort of a membership, the YMCA is a nonprofit organization. They have memberships. Mm-hmm. Um, Early people donate. Well, people do donate, but, you know, not necessarily large donations. It's still mm-hmm. providing service. A membership is still providing a service of some sort, but, Yeah.
0: What do you think are some of the common myths? I mean, just right now I'm even learning because I thought it would be more heavy on the grant side and less and not this bequest. I hadn't even considered that. So what are some other common myths people have about starting a nonprofit?
1: Common myths people have about starting a nonprofit is number one, the biggest myth is always no nonprofit means no money. And I tell everyone that's not it. Um, you have plenty of nonprofit organizations in the United States that makes millions of dollars. Um, You have, well, okay, I'm not going to say plenty, but you have a nice amount of nonprofit organizations Mm -hmm. that make millions of dollars Um, for 2% of nonprofits make over $10 million a year, um, which Mm -hmm. isn't bad when you think about the nonprofit sector as a whole. And so uh, that was the biggest misconception that nonprofit means no money. Um, there are, I just went over the many ways you can get money with the mm-hmm. grant funding, tax revenue, memberships providing services, things like that. Um, the, next that um, the, the next myth is that fundraising is the is the next myth is that fundraising is all about actually. Mm -hmm. Um, And it's not. There are so many other ways to get funding for your organization. Grants are such a small percentage, only about um, 40% of grants get approved. grant proposals get approved from grant making organizations. And that's for a number of reasons. It may be because the organization has met their cap for that year already. And they got to your application, they thought it was great, but they can't accept any more that year, which doesn't mean anything negative to you, except for you don't get that money that year. (laughs) And then you have um, common grant writing mistakes stop you from getting grants. -hmm. If you're writing a grant, it is like submitting your SAT you want everything to be right you want it to be in order um and you don't want to have any you want to dot all teeth and cross dot all eyes and cross all teeth <laughs> <laughs> um other other fundraising myths would be uh, starting your board of directors my board of directors has to be full of millionaires your board of director doesn't have to be full of millionaires um a lot of nonprofits, a lot of large nonprofit organizations, board of directors are full of millionaires, but they've built to the point that their board of directors can be full of millionaires. Mm -hmm. Um, Typically, you start out with your board of directors, people who are well versed in the industry, um, Mm -hmm. a combination of people who are well versed in the industry and people you can trust. Um, And you want to make sure that these people um, not that they have millions of dollars sitting in the bank that they can donate but that they have good enough connections where they could possibly connect you to others who have those millions <laughs> that they can donate a lot so your board of-
0: is like your board is like an asset basically a strategic it's part of the strategic plan of your business development, something that a for profit doesn't have. For profit may bring in like a coach or a consultant or a financial exactly. advisor, but your nonprofit is going, that comes from your board and what the board members bring can move the nonprofit forward. Exactly. What the board members bring is supposed to move the nonprofit forward.
1: If your nonprofit is not moving, you should look at your board. Mm. If your nonprofit is not progressing, you should look at your board. Most of the time, um, the governance of a nonprofit board um, means that the board is on an advisory level. However, most things within nonprofits don't move without that board advising on a particular matter. So um, if your board is not progressing financially, you should definitely look at your board of directors because they are supposed to be building relationships, cultivating those relationships with people who can be potential donors for your organization or partners or give something to your organization. No board of director, no member of your board of directors should be sitting there and not contributing anything but talking at the board meeting, Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, yes. yeah, so that that with the board of directors. I
0: think I think that makes people nervous, right? How how to create the board. And I noticed that that's one of the things that you consult on is walking people through that selection process. Because it is a process, it's not just a random, hey, you want to be on my board <laughs> kind of
1: thing. It is, it is a process. And I have worked with some clients who chose only people they knew, the uh-huh. closest people they knew, and their nonprofit couldn't move. Mm-hmm. because, you know, I chose my aunt, and my cousin, and my mom, and, mm-hmm. you know, they're great people, but they, they're not assets to the organization. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of people say they want to use family first because of the financial matters, or uh, because they don't trust what might happen if they bring someone else in to help them with this baby of theirs, mm-hmm. and, um, and that is, that's just not, honestly, it's not the way to go. It mm-hmm. is not the way to go. Your mm-hmm. organization, like I said, your board should, like you said, actually, Kelly, your board should be an asset to your mm-hmm. organization. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm sorry, I lost my train of thought. It's okay. What was the question? The- no,
0: you answered it. Okay. You're done, actually, probably. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> no, and I think, too, I, I just want to touch on this whole... A lot of us as therapists, our training is in the nonprofit realm and we work for peanuts, like nothing, like um, it feels like scrappy, get through it just to get your hours kind of thing. And I, I, I'm so encouraged by your story of like eight years in nonprofit work before you experience something like that. And so I do think that people feel like, oh, nonprofit is a replication of that But it sounds like what you're saying, if you want the nonprofit to be successful, it means you still get paid well, your staff get paid well, you have programs that meet your mission and expand services to your community. Exactly. It's just the way you go about it is different than a for-profit in that The funding looks different.
1: Yes. The major difference in the governance of a for-profit from a nonprofit organization is with a for-profit organization, when you're formed, you have a specific owner. This is the owner of this nonprofit organization, of this for-profit organization. Mm -hmm. When you have a nonprofit, the board of directors own the organization per se, which is why they are so important, which is why you need to make sure they are um, well-versed, that they can build the relationships you need, that they have the knowledge that you need mm-hmm. because yeah, it can, uh, your board can sink or um, can sink or fail your organization.
0: So, so what are some of the ways that you help people? Cause you, you work with people like that are green and starting in this, like, I yes. want to start a, uh, someone says, okay, I want to start a nonprofit. What are the steps that you take them through? Um, the very first step is a consultation.
1: I need to get to know you, need to understand your organization, and if I can provide you with services. Once I go through the consultation process, um, I write a proposal that outlines whatever services we discussed. Um, well, it outlines the services for the problems we discussed in the consultation. Um going through the process, I start out, I always start out, depending on if it's a brand new organization, nothing's done. I always start out first um getting them well versed with their state's laws around nonprofit organizations. Um I make sure they have their articles of incorporation done, make sure you have your bylaws done. Those are the two forms that all states need in order for you to start a nonprofit organization. Um Following that, we start to discuss the board. We get really heavy into strategic planning for the board of directors, what is needed for your board of directors. Um, oh no, before that, we talk about programs. We um, discuss the programs and what what kind of programs you like to run, um, and then we get into board of directors because we want to make sure the people that you're pulling in for your board of directors make sense to fit with the programs that you want to run. Um, we do the program development, well, we get the paperwork submitted. um, We do the program development, the board development, and then we set up a launch date for your organization. And I'm there all the way through the launch. Um, If you need your 501c3 paperwork done, which is um, to become a tax exempt nonprofit in the Uh, in the United States. Um, I do that paperwork for you and um, I attend the first board meeting if you'd like me to with your board of directors Mm -hmm. to help you um, just get through the formalities. The first few board meetings are normally just formalities um, and getting to know everything. Um, I help organizations with that. I also um, continue on with strategic planning beyond uh, the, 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 the initial development process um, to make sure that within your first year to two years, you are really um, setting that strong foundation
0: for your organization. Right. And then there's the fundraising and the grant writing as well. Oh, those love that.
1: Yes, fundraising is definitely within that first year for new nonprofits.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, we typically don't get into fundraising in maybe about six months to almost that year mark with a brand new nonprofit because you have so many other things you need to do um, before you can even get to the point of fundraising. Um, And yes, we go from fundraising to starting campaigns, capital campaigns. Like we, we get it all done (laughs) after that.
0: I think it's good to hear like how you help, because I, I would just want people to understand that there is a process and an order in which you do things to create, that nonprofit, and there are aspects that are similar to the for-profit. You still need to know your mission, your values, who you serve, how you serve. You know those aspects. The main difference here is the assets of the the people who support you and how they support you, and then how you fund those services is going to look different. But my hope is that those who are listening now understand that you can have. An income doing nonprofit work and that we, we can choose to run our nonprofits differently than the nonprofits we have worked in and that we can infuse a value of caring for our staff. So this might be a good fit if maybe you're starting out and you don't have a business yet, but you're really passionate about this kind of nonprofit approach or you may be a for-profit business owner that wants to extend that business into a nonprofit realm to have an additional arm of what, you know, maybe, maybe you have your, your concierge services, your prime services over here and that you do with your group practice or you individually, but you want to do something that is more community based. It's going to reach in a different way than what you can do in your for-profit Then. Then a nonprofit is something to consider and to get support through it, I think, is really important. I, I hear of therapists who do the nonprofit, but they get yes. stuck on some of these main things you've talked about with the board development, the fundraising, um, um, and the like all of the things to consider about how to keep it moving forward. Yes. Um, and that's where Um, I love what you do. So thank you so much for sharing your story and your passion for nonprofit work. And I'm hoping that one of the silver linings of everything that's happened in 2020 is that there'll be more grassroots nonprofits emerging in a new way to serve our communities. And that mental health will be part of that and done with innovation and with care not only for our community, but for the people who work for that nonprofit as well. And don't and don't be afraid. Don't be afraid to put your neck
1: out there to start a nonprofit organization. It can be one of the most fulfilling things you ever do, especially when you know you're working hard towards something that you're passionate about. Um, you do that in your everyday work. Therapists do that in their everyday work. You have to be a passionate person to be a therapist, you know, (laughs) like you have to care. Um, and so it, it really can make a difference in, um, how you serve, and who you're able to serve. So just don't be afraid. Don't be afraid.
0: So if people want to reach out to you, how can they find you? You can
1: find me on my website at uh, Bright MC Services, B-R-I-G-H-T, bright like a bright light, mm-hmm. bright MC Services at, dot com, And then my email is jasmine, J-A-S-M-I-N-E, at brightmcservices.com.
0: Great. Thank you so much for joining us and sharing your knowledge and your passion for this work. And um, if any of you are considering doing nonprofit work, consult with Jasmine and, and really do your due diligence because you can do this and you can do it successfully. I hope you loved today's episode. If you're a therapist who's tired of those long hours, low pay and constantly battling burnout... Don't forget our free video training designed just for you on how to build and grow a sustainable, profitable solo or group practice. Head over to zinnime.com slash podcast to check it out today. Until next time.